Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. There's a Polish pro. I think it's a Polish proverb. The man who can't dance thinks the band is no good. I don't know. <laughs> we're taking off. We're taking off on a Bum Phillips. Bum Phillips. Uh, for those of you that don't know, well, Google him. Um, Bum was a coach uh, for the Houston Oilers at the time. I uh, went on. I think he coached for the uh, New Orleans Saints and who knows wherever else. But there's a quote. He's, he was a quotable guy, but one of the quotes was you fail all the time, but you aren't a failure until you start blaming someone else. And so we're going to talk about excuse making. We have talked in the past about kind of my coaching, uh, template, if you will, of helping people paint themselves. I don't do it. Help them paint themselves into a corner where there are no more excuses. The object of the whole process is to suck all of the excuses out of the room. I was telling Lisa before we hit record, if, if I had just some coins for every, especially early in my career, the meetings that I sat in where it seemed the objective of the meeting was we've who's responsible for this. And I remember as a young man, I remember thinking if we just spent more time figuring out how to fix this problem then who was at fault? I get that sometimes processes fail and sometimes people fail processes. I understand all that, but the, the whole excuse making thing. And if you think that that's not a leadership challenge, then let me, uh, let me correct you. You would be woefully wrong. Um, because we all do it. We all do it. It's comfortable for us to to do it. It's, easy. it's super easy to do, and it's very, very hard uh, to take responsibility. So, when you read that quote, what do you what do you think? Start us off. Take us wherever you want to take it. It is. It is like you said. It is hard. It is an easy. Uh, it's an easy target is to find blame, um, and and instead we should be focusing on finding the solution to fix it, because when you're trying to find blame. It also makes everybody else on defensive. So you're definitely not going to improve relationships or heal relationships or work on relationships if that's your go-to approach is, well, who who did this? If, if that's the case, do you think your team's going to want to come forward and say, oh, my God, I made a mistake, right? They're, they're not going to want to come forward. And the whole approach is helping solve for it so it doesn't happen again. I'll give you a funny example. Uh, I didn't actually, I didn't do that, but my staff, when I tell them, you know, when we hire, we say, we're allowed to make mistakes. We're allowed, you're allowed here to make mistakes. What you're not allowed to do is to repeat the mistakes over and over and over, because then you haven't learned from what you've, when the mistake you've made. And so staff, I said, if you make a mistake, just own it, come forward, let management know promptly but come with what you think you need to do to solve for it, to, to find a solution for it. Right, Randy. Mm -hmm. And so I remember my teammates, peers or subordinates coming in 
in tears. It doesn't matter which one I'm talking about. They'll come in and they'll say, Lisa, I, I've screwed up. I keyed this. I've tried to back it out. It made it worse. You know, they're in a panic. They're talking 90 to nothing, tears rolling down their face. I'm like, okay, ho- hold on, hold on. When was this made? Tell me the process you went through to make it. Cause then I'm trying to identify, is there a process issue? Cause right. nine times out of 10, it's the process, not the person. We've got an Ill, ill-defined process, whatever. So they'll walk me through it. But ultimately my response is, did you shut down payroll? They're like, well, no, I didn't shut down payroll. I said, okay, then you've done better than me because I shut down the entire system for three days. Have you, have you beat that? <laughs> and they're, they're like, well, no, I haven't shut down payroll and it didn't last three days. I'm like, okay, good. Have you. So your trophy's raised, intact. That's right. My trophy of, of <laughs> huge mistakes still prevails. Yeah, yeah. And the second one, as I said, okay, for a police officer who values their pay, did you ever net it to zero because you added an extra zero on the back deduction for life insurance to make it a thousand instead of a hundred? So they got no pay for the paper. They're like, no, I didn't do that. And I'm like, okay, so still you're I'm okay. still the record holder. <laughs> I'm still the record holder. And you know, when you can, when you can demonstrate that first, it tries to let them know mistakes are okay because I have made them Right. because I've been there a long time. And, sure. and they're like, you're queen of HR, you're queen of the system. I queen was here when mistakes. we designed it. Mm-hmm. You're queen of mistakes. <laughs> If I can make mistakes, you can make a mistake. Just tell me how we're going to fix the mistake. Yeah. Right. And so we talk, we talk through that. So I believe that. And I've also seen the flip side to bum Phillips point is I've seen people deflect so badly. They never own it. And that destroys the entire team because then nobody first wants to work with them. And secondly, people distance themselves because they see it. And they know I, if I don't distance myself from that person, which breaks the team down, then they're going to become a target of that person where the blame's going to be pointed. Yeah. And they just don't want to associate. So it's destructive to everybody, to that individual that they're causing upon themselves. And again, they won't see it. They're like, nobody talks to me. Well, why do you think that is? I don't know. I'm the best team player there is, you know, that's what I, and, and they don't see it, Randy. They just right. don't see it in, in every instance I have, it is always somebody else, something else, the system, a person, their upbringing, their parents. I mean, they're the, the blame deflection extends far beyond work. It's everything that has happened in their life that, they can't do a good job because of everybody else. And well, if, that's, if all that's those what things can fix themselves. Yeah, that's what makes it so easy is there's a limitless supply of people of who blame. have perpetrated things on you. Well, that's let's right. rewind to leadership. And as we have defined leadership in this podcast, and this is our view, uh, yes, we are proselytizing. We are hoping to convert you to accept our, our, our view of leadership. It's a focus on others. It's doing for others what they can't do for themselves. And you could say, well, see, that fits perfectly with blame. That's right. Both of those things. But, but you know, it's having a positive, in a, in a word, it's influence. Okay, we're adding to that positive influence. Uh, for me, you know, as, as a guy that has coached leaders for so long, uh, CEO level downward, it is such a culture killer. And we're talking about when the leader, so Lisa's described it 
when teammates, members of the team may do it, I have found that if leaders, if leaders lean even slightly into assessing blame, it will spread faster than just about anything that you could spread because it can be such a natural default behavior for all of us to deflect. We don't, we don't want to accept responsibility. Uh, If you watch any of these cop shows where they have, they have the, you know, the, the suspect in the interrogation room and they know, they just know that this person participated in this crime way more than they're willing to accept. And they're constantly, well, you know, I didn't pull the, I didn't pull the trigger. I, you know, I was there and they're constantly trying to minimize their own involvement. You see it show after show after show, if you watch any of those, and we can have the exact same culture in, in our, on our team and in our organizations, particularly if you, as the leader, if you are unwilling to accept responsibility, uh, there are countless stories that I could relate. I could fictionalize of leaders who were very quick to throw someone on their team under the bus. And yet that person was a direct report to them. And that person under them just constantly deflected, constantly had excuses, constantly had all kinds of reasons why they, they weren't performing you know, up to par. And it's like, well, they're, they're mirroring the leadership that they're seeing. How are you serving these people? So I would shift it to how are you doing for them? What they can't do for themselves. How are you serving your people? If you allow the whole blame game to begin, if you yourself are leading the parade, uh, I have the conversation. It's, pretty much every week, but it's not my fault. So let's make a distinction here. We're not talking about who's at fault, but we are talking about who's responsible and the conversation, the context here is you fail all the time, but you aren't a failure until you start blaming someone else. And there's always somebody else to blame. I don't care if you're the CEO. I don't care if you're the city manager. If you're a city manager, you can blame a mayor. You can blame council. You can blame city secretary. You can blame all kinds of people if if you well, are the person and genuinely, at the top. Yeah, genuinely, Randy, they could truly have caused the issue that's at hand. No question. We're, we are not questioning whether they actually caused it or not. That's that, right. So I want to make sure for the audience, this isn't a question of who actually did it that could be factually true. Yeah. Right? It could be the mayor could have genuinely screwed up. I could have genuinely shut down payroll. Yeah. Right? We're not talking My about, we're not talking about who's at fault. We're talking about who's going to accept responsibility. That's right. For now what? And I think that's the clarifying point because it, you had, you were exactly right. When you mentioned we as leaders, lowest level to highest level, just need to take, I call it, take the hit. You know, you, you, you have to own it and what we've done and what we're going to do. And for me, uh, in my in my journey, I've had to say, yeah, the HR HR screwed up. We're going to make it better, but I don't say so and so screwed up. And I, I'll have to talk with her about that because then that's demoralizing the team member, and it's you're 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 telling somebody else not to have faith in them. 
right? You're, yeah, you're look at your look at your example that you started with, though, when you told people, well, have have you added a zero and caused a police officer to get no pay? Okay, by owning your own mistake, the person in front of you, how much more prone then were they to own their own mistakes? That's right. Much and they more, see we're not much gonna... more so, because if the boss, if the boss is willing to take ownership in hers, then who am I? I'm not, I'm not going to deflect. Yeah. And for the record, I'm still the queen. I, I have not found anybody <laughs> yet. <laughs> so, so all of us <laughs> make pretty radical. Thank goodness yeah, it was earlier right. in my career. Right. That's right. But it's, you know, you've got, you've got to own it for your team and give them confidence and you're, because I think so much about a leader is based upon how you lead them through a crisis. And to them, that crisis is then mm-hmm. you may not, Randy Cantrell may not call that a crisis that they can't, that they entered something wrong in the system, but for them, when accuracy is key in our department and they know it, that, you know, it's not just fast, it's being fast and accurate. When you make an inaccurate thing, then they are not the gatekeepers of the system have now fallen through. And so they know there's, we hold that to a very high standard and they feel like they failed at it. So for them, it's a crisis in a moment. And I think work, showing them how to work through the crisis, how are we going to solve for it? You're not only teaching them to own your mistake, you're teaching them to solve for your mistake and to think bigger than the mistake. What process do we need to fix? Who do we need to involve? How do we need to communicate it? You are teaching them leadership traits long-term that they are getting to physically experience and see and demonstrate that's going to, you're teaching them skills through that process again and serving them. Well, and speak and that's to, a bigger lesson than any mistake owning can, can do. Agreed. S- speak to the speed, the speed issue. So somebody in your department, they make some clerical error and, and they own it seems to me that the speed factor of you, you building a culture where they're able and willing to own it because, well, we've talked about it and we'll keep on talking about it because it's right. so important is the psychological safety of knowing that I can do that and you're not going to beat me over the head with it. You're also not going to repeat it, but the speed of them coming to you as opposed to hiding, hiding it, and then working out to figure out how they can excuse it, how they can blame somebody else. I mean, come on when, when you've got payroll coming up, speed speeds, everything in, in, in your world and the world that I lived in working all of us in city government, I assume all of us have a pace issue. Yeah, I would suspect. You know, so I don't know, speak to the value of, of someone who so is willing to own identifying it. the issue, you're, well, you're just, just identifying it, just, just speed in general, your ability as a leader to know about something that you might not, you might not would find out about for some time to come. If somebody's trying to hide it or they're trying to blame somebody else. Well, here's, here's my approach to it. And, uh, I, the audience can appreciate it or not appreciate it. But my staff, if you asked any one of them, I believe I have a rule about owning it. You, I, I want you to own your mistake, but I also want you to try to solve for the mistake. And there's a time limit and we call it the 20 minute rule. I give them 20 minutes to try to solve for the issue at hand. 
It could be a mistake issue. It could be a problem issue. It could be a, I'm trying to figure out a way to fix issue, not necessarily their mistake, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a general 20 minute rule. And I tell them you work on it for 20 minutes. You try to explore, you try to do, you try to fix, but you make notes. If you can't figure it out in 20 minutes, who do you need to come see? And the answer is usually we need to go see mama Norris. Yep. Right. They go mama Norris. We got to go see mama Norris because she knows the system and we need to go see how to get us out of it. And they will come in and they're like, okay, 20 minutes. It was 22. I went overtime, <laughs> you know, and they're like, I tried, I did this, or we solved for this, or I got everything solved except for this. But, and I'll say, okay, walk me through what you did and what you have since done. And so they'll walk through and then we go, okay, so we've checked off this. Yes, we've checked. And I kind of make them validate steps right. and whatever it is that right. there's always a step to everything. And then I say, okay, in looking at this on, I usually whiteboard it because they can physically see it. And I'll go, okay, what part of this have we, is there anything that we have missed? And I'll say, have you talked to your team member? No, I didn't talk to her. Well, go grab your team member. Let's, let's talk to, you know, and we kind of collaborate visibly and I'll say, okay, that's, that was really good that you did that. Have we missed anything? And I'll know that they've missed something, Right. but I try to help them identify the fix yeah, Right. because it's, so just point it has it more out. weight. Yeah, let it has them more weight it when they own it That's because right. then they also feel smarter. Right. And I want them to. It's not, I'm, I'm not saying that facetiously. They'll go, oh, I found that. Or I'll go, okay, we're missing one big piece. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, what? Right. You know, it, it kind of gets their juices flowing per se, yeah. right? To get yeah. them thinking. So for us, it's that 20 minute rule of owning it efficiently. And they know as soon as you know you've made the mistake or identify the mistake, you've got to let us know about the mistake. Now, give us some context. So, this twenty-minute rule. How often does that? How often do you see that? Um, once every two weeks. Okay. Because we are solving for stuff all the time. Right. Right. And and it's a challenge to them, so they know. Especially new learners, much more frequently. New learners, it's like a couple times a week they'll come in, and they they're now we've got more experts on staff where we didn't have that two years ago. So they're now going to their teammate first, their teammate tries to solve for it. And if they can't solve for it, then they come to one of the leaders. Tasha's now been here several years. Uriah has been in role just under a year. So um, so do you have any, do do you have any sense for how many get solved in the 20 minutes? Now that I haven't asked, you're talking about before they ever have to come to me. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I have not asked that. Yeah. That would be a, a But the interesting, interesting thing, the inter- yeah, the interesting thing to but me. But they love though, it. It's like a game to them. They're exactly. like Mama Norris, we have tried and we hit and, and and it's like uh they're eager. They're yeah. eager to solve. There's eagerness about it, which I love because there's a spirit of learning. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a big, big lesson here. I think it may be the elephant in the room for for this episode is is the game. The game isn't pin the tail on the donkey. The game isn't who can I pin this on? Who who can I blame for this? The game is solve this. Yeah. That's a whole different game. That's right. That's it's a way right. different game. And it's it's marshalling the resources in a in a really clever, creative way that I would hope anybody that's listening to us can think, well, how how can how can I do that? Yeah, I remember once we had the our benefits team. I don't even remember what the issue was. Honestly, they were solving for, and they're like, "Okay, here it is." 
and I've done these checks. So they, they actually bulleted it in the list. I've done these checks and I'm like, so close, dot, dot, dot. Right. And all I got back was, dang it, looking at it again, <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. And so, and they're like, I found it. I found it. <laughs> so, you know, that, that you want, man, you just want that spirit. Like I said, the eagerness, yeah. the desire to solve the willingness to own. And honestly, it starts with you. It starts with you and how you react to the mistake. Yeah. how you react to the air. Uh, if you get angry, I'm just telling you, you're, you're creating a culture of you just better, you better not bring an issue to them, cover up the issue, yeah. which is horrible. None of us want that. No. Right. None of us want that. And, and we don't want that in our people. And we don't want to have created an environment. They feel that's their only layer of protection. Horrible, I think about, you know, place I think, to be in. That's right. And I think about, I think about reputation. So the quote from bum Phillips is you fail all the time, but you aren't a failure until you start blaming someone else. And we all know people who have, who have achieved some degree of authority, some degree of position, but it's just how they roll. It just seems to be how they roll. They are always filled with excuses. And I guess my question would be, I mean, is that what you want to be known for? I mean, do you, you really want your leadership to be quantified by, well, they're, you know, Randy's real, he's real quick to pin the tail on, you know, anybody that he, that he possibly can. Well, and it gets so much bigger than that, Randy, because I've had, I've had leaders that will call me and say, okay, um, you know, I'll say, okay, how's it going in teaching, you know, trying to, to get your leaders on board or trying to, help them improve and strengthen or what. And I've had some respond over time that will say, well, yeah, I'm just now I figured it out. And I'm like, Oh, great. You know, this is great. And then I'll say, what are you doing? Well, every time when that, when I notice that they've done something wrong, this is exactly how the conversation goes for those listening. When I figure out how they've done, when they've done something wrong, I'm logging it. So on my calendar now I have a, uh, and I forgot what it was called. Uh, I've got a log. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I said, every day you have a log of who's done something incorrectly. And they're like, yeah. They're, and then as I get to so many, so many things then I can write them up. And I said, so it's a ding. They're like a ding. And I said, yeah, you're, it's yeah. like a bell. Every time they make a mistake, you're, you're dinging them. Right. And you're storing it up like a squirrel with nuts in their mouth. Yeah. For when it's time to actually write them up. And they're like, correct. And then I have all the because HR said to document. So then I've got all my documentation. I said, yeah, and they just can't wait if? until they get to the documentation yeah. phase. I said, what, what if, what if instead of documenting it, have you talked with them? No, they should, they should know. They should know what they've done. And I'm like, but, but what if they don't? Well, I mean, they should, they're high level. They should know. And I said, okay, what if you talk to them and said, Hey, I noticed this the other day. Tell me about how that works. Tell me about what you're thinking on that. And what if they said, well, my understanding is we're supposed to do this. And I've got this old document, this old SOP from 1992 right. that I found, Right. you know, that I've been following mm-hmm. and you find out that it wasn't them. It's a process they've been following. And now they're teaching the entire team that same process that you believe is wrong. And so it's just this trickle down of, I would tell the audience this is the same thing as blaming. 
if you're just looking for dings to try to capture what they're doing wrong, what if we captured what they're doing right and build on that? And if there's something that you see that's not right, what if we just ask questions about, hey, I saw this happen. What, how did that happen? How did it get us there? Explore it. Is that what we want to do? Just ask questions. Is, is that the best way to do it? Is there a better way? And you're starting to all of a sudden lead them down this thinking path. Well, no, that's probably, maybe we shouldn't be doing it that way. Should, should we get a mentor program together? Yeah, that'd be great. You know, it's, it's, just, right. it's, it's just this journey of curiosity that we've talked about um, and really lifting people up instead of breaking them down. And that's what blame does. It well, just tears let's, them up. Yeah, and, and let's, you know, let, let's, let's round the final quarter poll here and talk about accepting the responsibility and the downside. You're the leader. We're not talking about, now the quote includes the word blame, but we're not talking about blame in the sense that, okay, it's your fault, but we are talking about responsibility. So we're talking about leadership responsibility, and that really is the topic here. Leadership responsibility and a leader's willingness to accept full responsibility for everything. What's the downside to that? Is there a downside to that? In your yeah, mind? I think there's, there can be a downside. If, if you're continuing to let mistakes happen over and over and over without resolving them and improving upon them, and you have to keep owning them day in and day out, at some point, if you're not fixing the issues at hand and showing progress being made, there can be a perspective, a perception that you're not taking care of business. Right. Well, then, then I would argue that you really aren't accepting responsibility, except maybe in words. That's right. Because you're, not, if you're, if you're, you're saying, saying, yeah, HR made that mistake. HR yeah, because you're not mistake. doing it. You're not going to do anything to fix it. Then that's okay, right. Now it's just empty words, and we know that that's just well, maybe that's a good our, that's a good point to responsibility. It's not just about owning owning it through saying it. It's about owning it through fixing it from start to finish, identifying the issue, making sure the issue is fixed, and then making sure it's followed. Right. Right. So that's well, clarity. And again, it's, it's, it's accountability. I just have not found a downside. I've had this argument, especially with CEOs, you know, with, with business leaders who just absolutely don't want to accept blame. And I'm like, get your head out of guilt and blame responsibility. So many people can't make the distinction between the two. It means present. You're focused on the past. It happened. They did it. It's a mistake. They screwed up. You added a zero. A cop didn't get his pay. It happened. Now what? For me, the question is now what? And leadership responsibility, as I see it, is accepting this is the present. Now what? Now what am I going to do? I can spend my time lambasting somebody who did it. Let's get Lisa in here. Let's drag her through the coals because she's the one that added the zero and got this mess all started. Right. Okay. Well that, you know, does Lisa know what she did wrong? If she does, you know, what assurances do we have that she's going to be diligent to not try to make that same mistake a second right. time? So, okay. It wasn't a process thing. Maybe she wasn't paying attention. She's likely going to pay more attention now, you know, but to, to take it from now and answer the question, now now what are we going to do, is way more than just lip service. That's right. You know, so I'm encouraging 
I'm encouraging it goes back to accountability, right? It's about yeah. accountability that we talked about. And accountability is much bigger than words. And if you're it's not action. going if you're not going to lead your team, your organization, and show them your willingness to do that, then don't be shocked. Do not be shocked when your people behave differently. When your people are very quick to, you know, that far side thing where the, you know, the the bear, the rifle scope is on the bear and he's pointing to his buddy, you know, shoot, shoot him. I don't, don't shoot me. Don't be shocked when your people behave that way because well, you're teaching them. Yep. I, I agree with you. And the other thing is, uh, again, it's the reaction we talked about. If you're, if you're also always pointing the finger to somebody else or blaming somebody else, like we mentioned, they're just not going to come to you. They're not going to want to come to you. You know, no, it's, and the, it's a and reflection the hit, on self. It's a reflection on self. And you're not going to gain trust. You're not going to, you're not really, honestly, you're not really leading if you're pointing the finger anyway. You're looking for scapegoats no. to, to, so that you look better than them. You're looking for somebody else to fall on the sword so that you can be the hero. I saved the day. And that's the absolute opposite of a leader. Some of the big issues, yes. others. some of the big issues for me on this are, uh, I mean, culture is right up there at the top because it, it, it can so grow and spread and destroy what otherwise could be a high performing culture. Mm-hmm. I know of no example. I have seen no example. I've read of no example of a high performing culture that I would describe as a blame culture. In every case, the high-performing cultures are always cultures where people raise their hand and say, let me tell you what I did. And now there's this, there's this individual and collective learning from it. Learning meaning we, we realize what we did. We now have put things into place so that we can fix that. And now we can move on and we can create some new failures which is largely what innovation is all about. The other thing is just the, in trying to grow leaders and develop leaders, our ability, like your ability to own your mistakes and share that with people makes people more forthcoming, which answers the big, big, big leadership challenge. And that is what don't I know? It's what I don't know that is liable to hurt me. And every leader on the planet worth their salt is fearful of that. And if you have a culture that is willing to point fingers and willing to spend wanting to spend so much time trying to affix blame as, as opposed to finding solutions, well, there's a whole lot you don't know because people are hiding. Yeah. And think, and think about that. Think about a person, you know, that points fingers. We all know one. We all know at least one, if not more than one, because it's, like I said, it's human nature. It's easy to do. What do you think of that person? It's not favorable, right? When we think of a person and so, so many times don't be that person because think of what everybody else sees that that individual does not. And, and that is not the person you're going to select to lead. That's not the person you're going to select to be on a critical team or a committee or an insight. Um, That's not the person you're going to want to promote. Because that's not what you want to, you want in your leadership team if you have a, a strong team. And secondly, it should be something you don't want on your team, period. 
because if they're going to constantly do that, unless you can somehow train them out of it. And, and I don't know about you, Randy, uh, a, a blame, a blamer. I haven't been able to convert very easy, if at all. I can't think of a time that I've converted somebody that that is their go-to to see any differently because they never see themselves as the issue. It is always somebody or something else that they rely upon. It is just an inherent. I don't know how, it, I don't know how it comes about, but I've not found in my tenure that I've been able to modify that thinking. No. And I can tell you this high-performing leaders, which is largely the people that I have worked with over the last 14, 15 years, uh, as, as an executive and leadership coach, when leaders are willing to help me, let me help them into the corner when they're willing to trust me enough to guide them into the corner back against the wall, no more excuses, take on all the excuses out of, out of the air. And for these people, it's much less about who it's more of a what. So it's not so much blaming someone else. It's blaming something else and six, one half dozen, another, but it's liberating. To a man and a woman, they will tell you, and you can tell me, it's liberating. It's it's freeing to know I can do something about this. I've got enough ability to control this and do something about it. That's right. I'll give you the last word. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think the ability to influence, the ability for a leader to make a difference, to make it safe, to make solutions to focus instead of the cause or the problem, to create an environment that solicits people to come forward when a mistake is made so that they can learn to do it better and differently. Who who doesn't want to not only work in that culture, but to be part of it, to to lead that way. Um, And I think, as we mentioned, you're creating better people to become better leaders and future leaders. And that's what we've talked about leadership is all about. And this is one aspect of it that can really destroy or build up your team. Well, it's a safe environment in which to grow. And that's kind of the, the whole point. Grow of the them show. Great. Yep. Right. Grow, exactly. And we've not taught, we always say grow great, but not just your people. It's not just about your people. It's about the community, the environment, the city, the leadership team, just grow yourself and others to be great. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.